have been spending the last few weeks in the book of John, and in John chapter 15, as we've been doing this series about what it is to abide in Christ and what it is to be fruitful. Um, we, we're actually not going to do that this week. Um, it's something we're going to come back to, potentially come back to on the 29th of this month. Um, but wanted to share something else this morning. Um, so it's not that we've left the abiding behind, we're just going to come back to it another day, but we felt actually it was, was appropriate to, to do so. Uh, I just wanted to share some other things this morning that I've been thinking about over the last few days uh, from Romans chapter 16. So it's going to be a little bit different perhaps. Uh, um, it's more just me sharing some thoughts than perhaps more of a, kind of more of a structured sermon that you might expect. Um, but just some thoughts that I, I, I felt were, were really worth us considering uh, and worth us spending some time on. Now, if you turn to Romans 16, we're going to be reading from verse 1 through to verse 16. And if you've had a little look, you'll see <coughs> it's a list of people's names. Uh, you might be wondering, why have you decided to speak on people's names this morning? I don't know about you sometimes. Have you ever wondered why, at certain points throughout the Bible, you just get lists of, of people's names? Uh, I think there can be a temptation to for us to maybe even skip over them, because we just think, all I'm going to be doing is just like, you, could, you know, you could read out of the telephone directory, couldn't you, and just kind of get a random list of names. Do telephone directories exist anymore, by the way? No, probably not. So you can't really do that anymore. Um, but maybe, you can, <laughs> smaller ones, maybe we, maybe we can have that. We can think, okay, it's just a list of names. Maybe I can skip over it. But actually, I think we're, we're, we're missing something if, if we do that, if we just skip over uh, actually... Uh, when there are these lists of names and lists of families in scripture but it can also be hard to know okay so what are we meant to do with this <laughs> so they've obviously been put in there for a reason we trust don't we that all scripture is god breathed which means that if it's in there it's in there for a reason it's been inspired by god so if we've got this list of names we understand it's important but what do we do with it why is it that god in his wisdom wanted these to be Included. So I'm going to kind of unpack a little bit more of that in just a moment. But we're going to read these verses first. And what this is, it's at the end of Paul's letter to the churches in Rome. And he's kind of sending personal greetings to a number of people that he knows in Rome. Uh, and also commending people within that as well. Now, we've been uh, praying or singing and speaking about grace and mercy. I need you to show me grace and mercy now because there are a lot of Jill knows where I'm going with this. Uh, there's quite a lot of interesting names and pronunciations uh, that are going on. So please be merciful to me. I'm going to do my best uh, in, in that. What? don't know if you know this. You can actually type these names into, into Google and then it will read it back to you and it will tell you how it's pronounced. So I've been doing that this morning, kind of swatting up. I was tempted to have them all lined up on my phone so that when it came to the right point, I could just play it over the, like, over the thing. Um, it would have been a bit disjointed. It would have been like one of those phone messages you get, when it, automated ones. It's like, good morning, we would like to speak to Sam Morris. <laughs> it carries on. It might have, been, <laughs> might have been a little bit like that. So I'm going to do my best. Okay, but please be gentle with me in that. Uh, let's, let's read, shall we? So, this is what this is Paul, how he's kind of coming into land with this letter, let's say that's gone out to the churches in Rome. And he writes this. He says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church in Sencrie, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints. I'm going to stop. I'm going to come back because I just want to say, as I'm reading through this, please really, I just want you to not just think this is just a list of, of names. We're going to go through some names, but I want you to listen to what Paul says about each of 
at each of these people. It's really important. Sorry, let's go back to the start. Because it makes a difference how we listen and what our expectations are going in. Okay, so I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at Sencreate, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you, for she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. Greet Prissa and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Greet also the church in their house. Greet my beloved Apenetus, who was the first convert to Christ in Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners. They are well known to the apostles, and they were in Christ before me. Greet Ampliatus, Ampliatus, see, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and my beloved Stachys. Greet Apelles, who is approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the family of Aristob- Aristobulus. Greet my kinsman Herodian. Greet those in the Lord who belong to the family of Narcissus. Greet those workers in the Lord, Tryphena and Tryphosa. Greet the beloved Persis, who has worked hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobas, Hermas, and the brothers who are with them. Greet Philologus, Julia, Nursus and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. Here's the first thing I want to say. And this is why it's important that we don't skip over when we come to to verses like this and lists like this. The first thing I want to say is this, is that these are real people. They're not sort of faceless individuals or faceless names. They are real people who each have their own story. We hear about Phoebe. Paul speaks about Phoebe. Phoebe, she, she worked hard for the church of Jesus Christ. She was a deacon in the church at Sencrie. She had first heard the good news of Jesus while Paul was in Corinth and saw him when he came to Sencrie after leaving Corinth on his way to Ephesus. So she was a deacon in the churches there. She served the church. She, she served Paul. And Paul had asked her to bring that letter to Rome. He had entrusted it to her. She's a real person with her own story. And Priscilla and Aquila husband and wife, they'd known Paul for a number of years and they'd met him first in Corinth. He'd spent some time in their home. They helped him as he preached the good news of Jesus. And when Paul left for Jerusalem, they stayed in Ephesus to help lay the foundation of the church. So they were partnering with Paul in the mission of God. And it was there in in Ephesus that they met Apollos and they helped him to understand the way of God more accurately. It was while they were in Ephesus, things got... Uh, pretty nasty in in the city. A riot broke out. They were involved in a riot in that place. But God spared them in there. They loved Paul. They were for Paul. And at this point in Rome, there was a church that was meeting in their home. 
How about Rufus? Have you ever heard of Rufus before? Well, it's believed that Rufus, his dad was Simon, who carried the cross for Jesus. And as a family, his family had served God ever since. Paul also shouts out Rufus's mum. She gets special mention. We don't know her name, but she gets a special mention. Why? Because actually she was like a mother to Paul. She had such an important role in his life, an important person that he wanted to greet and commend to the churches. You see, Paul's comments come out of real relationship with these people. He knew them and they knew him. See, Paul hadn't yet been to Rome. He was writing to the church in Rome. He hadn't yet been there. He wanted to be there. He'd been wanting to go there for years. But he had met and heard of a great deal of people who were in the city. Some of whom he had known and worked alongside for years previously. As we've just mentioned a few of them. And his words come from a place of deep Christian fellowship. They really knew each other. They'd worked alongside one another for the sake of the gospel. They'd partnered together for the sake of the gospel. So his words come from that place of Christian fellowship. And also, the words that he's just written to the churches and the way in which he's commended these people gives us insight into what these dear brothers and sisters have done for the kingdom of God. They've all played real significant roles in... in, uh, in, yeah, in, in working in that sense and serving the kingdom of God. We, we touched on, on, Paul touched on those things, didn't he? Saying that there were those who had, um, I'll come back to that in a second, just drawing out some of the, the things. But there's a couple of things that I really feel that I wanted to share out of this, this morning. And the first thing is this. Do you know, sometimes things sound very simple, but actually sometimes the most simple things are the most profound. The first thing I want to say is this, is that it takes all of us to play our part in seeing the gospel proclaimed, churches planted, and God's kingdom come. We each have a part to play in it. And it will require each of us to play the part that God has called us to. Oftentimes we can speak of the apostles, can't we? Even the book of Acts, its full name, as we would understand it, would be the Acts of the Apostles. These are the things that the apostles were doing in seeing the church gospel being advanced and churches being planted and established. So we can often speak about the apostles... I think we can speak about the church a lot, and we read about the churches a lot, but often in a, in a corporate way, in, in the sense that it doesn't always draw out the role of the individual in it. We say that the church did this, and the church was doing that. But actually, as Paul greets his friends, as he greets his partners in the gospel, we see men and women. We see Jews, Greeks, Romans, all chosen in Christ, all called to his mission. These are real people with a part to play. And we're called, aren't we? We're called to the same mission as they have been called to. So each one of us has a part to play as well. In, the, in these words of Paul, some were starting churches. Some were opening their homes. He says many were working hard for the sake of the gospel. That was Paul's commendation for a number of people in these verses. They really work hard for the sake of the gospel. They give everything that they can to that. There's a special mention in there for Epinetus. He, he was the first convert that they saw in Asia. He's got a special place in Paul's heart. He was the first that they saw come into Christ in Asia. And then again, back to Rufus's mother. He's saying, look, there are some who will, will open up their lives in a way where they will mother you or father you, nurture you and take care of you. 
Very different roles, very different impacts, but all so important. Not just to Paul in his life, but so important to God and the call that he has on those who have their trust in Jesus. I was kind of tempted to, to, to get individuals within the church to kind of play different parts, <laughs> to play different people and kind of approaching this from the perspective of the people that Paul was writing to. I didn't do it in the end, but the, one of the reasons I was thinking of doing it was because it would have just helped us to realise that, that they are people like us. They are people just like we are. But all called to serve the same glorious mission. So as we consider this, these people that Paul mentions, actually it gives us an opportunity to consider who you are. I don't mean this in some sort of a, a heavy-handed way or in a, something that would... <laughs> I don't want it to instill fear into you, but I wonder what Paul would have said about you if he had known you. I don't mean that as a heavy thing. I just think it's something worth considering, actually, in terms of your part that you're playing in seeing the gospel proclaimed and churches being planted and God's kingdom coming so it takes all of us to play our part in seeing god's kingdom seeing the gospel proclaimed churches planted and god's kingdom come and the second thing which is similar but i think it follows on from this is that no matter where we are we are part of something bigger than ourselves no matter where we are we are part of something bigger than ourselves now for paul some of the people that he mentioned would have spent time with him in different places they would have served alongside one another before following God's call elsewhere. We see that, don't we, with Priscilla and Aquila. Paul went on to Jerusalem. They went to Ephesus. Same mission, but called, being obedient to where God had called them to be. But no matter where they are, they serve the same Jesus, and they serve and are called to the same mission. They're part of something much bigger than themselves. As we look, actually, back at the history of this church, over the, the, the entire history of the church, we've seen God call many people elsewhere. Precious family, uh, precious family and precious friends moving. Some locally, some further afield, some starting churches, some getting involved and serving through seeing churches established and, and serving through established churches and finding how they can serve within those communities. And, you know, we're all aware that actually that's really characterized of what the last 18 months to two years has been like for us. The sense that God has really been speaking about calling people, moving people elsewhere so that they can serve his kingdom in other places. And today, in just a moment, we're going to be able to pray for Pete and Jill as they follow actually this sense that this is the time where God is going to call them somewhere else. And for all of those people that have gone, and for all of those people that are going, we want to honour and commend their obedience. I think that's important. We honour and commend their obedience. While also recognising that God, uh, that wherever God has called us to, we are all partnering in the gospel together. That is good news. Wherever God has us, we are partnering in the gospel together. I love the way that Paul ends... Uh, um, that section of personal greetings, he says this, all the churches of Christ greet you. I think that's wonderful. All the churches, all the churches of Christ greet you. He's effectively saying this, we are in this together. We are in this together. We are the church together. We are part of something much bigger than ourselves. I'm really struck by the level of sincere affection that you see through Paul's letters. I don't know if you've ever spent time in Paul's letters. He's, there's such a sense of affection and tenderness and care for, 
brothers and sisters uh, in, in, in all over the world. There's this, this sense of longing to be with people and it calls people the uh, beloved, dear friends, precious people in his life. And with regards to Rome, Paul says that he's longed to be with them for years. He actually says that I've longed to be with you. And he actually says in, in uh, chapter 15, he says, I've longed to be with you that by God's will, he may come to them with joy and be refreshed in their company. He understands there's something of, of, of doing one another good when they're together, but this sense of real affection and joy and expectation of being together. The reason I say this is because knowing that that was Paul's heart for the church, it must have been hard for Paul to be away from those he loved and those he, those he desired to be with. But I think he knew that they were very much together in heart and affection wherever God had called them to. They were still together. When God calls people and we send them, when we say goodbye, it's painful. It's hard. We will miss them. But actually, that's right. It is right. And it is good. And it's precious because it shows the impact that they've had here. Not just through what they have done, but because of who they are. But friendship and affection remains. It does. Friendship and affection remains. Wherever God calls us to. And Paul is a great example to us of being those who consistently encourage and exhort one another wherever God has called us to. What an encouragement that is. So really they were just the few things that I wanted to share with you today. It is a bit different perhaps to what you're expecting today. But I just thought it was timely for us, but a good reminder for us. It takes all of us to play our part. But no matter where we are, we're all part of something much bigger than ourselves. We're going to come and we're actually going to share communion. In a moment we're going to pray for Pete and Jill but actually before we do that I want us to come and share communion together really as a response to what we've just we've just been, been reading together. 1 Corinthians 11 this is Paul writing again um, my Bible's falling apart um 1 Corinthians 11, from 20, verse 23. Paul writing to the church in Corinth says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me, for as often as you eat of this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I've just been thinking on this. I'm thinking on those verses. Thinking about what we were going to do this morning. And as we come to share communion, I just want us to remind us that we share communion not because of our geography. We don't share communion because we belong to the same local church. We share communion because of the new covenant that Jesus Christ has established. Which means that first and foremost we have been united to him. And because we're united with him, we're united with one another. Wherever he calls us. So communion it is about unity. It's about unity with Christ, but it's about unity with one another. 
And it means that we can share communion with brothers and sisters wherever we find them across the world. We can share communion together because of the new covenant that Jesus has established, which has meant there is a way for us to, to know him, for us to be known. And then out of unity with him, we're united with one another. So we're going to come and we're going to share communion together.